1: Nikel Roby Coleman delivered a hit and the two officials talk to each other crowds going crazy as there's no flag right on the Saints sideline
0: well if Nikel Roby Coleman plays the ball it's an interception
1: but that should have been a penalty (laughs) here we go Thursday, May 30th, 2019, thank you for downloading. It is, in a word, Andy time, everybody. Oh, I'm calling his work number, hold on a second, he no longer works there. Home number, there it is. Andrew Poland is at home right now, I'm sure enjoying the air conditioning. Hello. Can I interest you in a new thermostat, Mr. Pauline?
0: That is? (laughs)
1: I'm just kidding. I'm pretending to be a telemarketer. Do you get telemarketers calling your home number?
0: Uh, Yeah, but I have phone screening that they say who it is, you know, when the number Ah. comes up. So I just don't answer it. (laughs) uh, My cell, though, I get a lot more of those now.
1: It is bad with the cell phone these days, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I thought there'd be some kind of filter or, you know, you wouldn't be listed. They wouldn't be able to get it, but
1: that's not the case. Yeah. Let's start today, Andy, with places to live. You and I have talked about this quite a bit over the years, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I got an email, uh, from Matt, uh, Matt, uh, let me get his Matt Lambert, Matt Lambert. Mm -hmm. he, He sent me a long email. Uh, where he didn't kind of like what I said was, and this was pertaining to uh, Zion Williamson being drafted number one and being picked by the, or going to be picked by the Pelicans. I said something along the lines of, well, (laughs) New Orleans ain't for everybody. (laughs) And that sort of struck a nerve with him, you know? And it kind of got his back up because Matt's a longtime resident of New Orleans and a listener, and he was sort of, Cheesed off by that. I wanted to dig into some of his complaints, and I, I totally understand that people who like where they live want to rep where they live, right? And they right. want to stick yeah. up for it, right? Mm-hmm. I re- replied back. I said, look, <laughs> I know you love New Orleans. That's great. I would not like it. Probably. I don't think I would like it. I don't know. I've been there once or twice, but I don't think so. I also then said I would certainly hate living in Houston. I would not like New York City. I would hate Boston. I would kill myself if I lived in Philadelphia. I've lived in Chicago. It sucks balls. (laughs) And honestly, I'm not thrilled about living here. As soon as I have the first chance to get to Phoenix, I'm gone. Our weather stinks. (laughs) It's expensive as hell. I don't feel like there's a sense of community here in the DMV. Traffic is a nightmare. Cost of living. I just... So I don't have any problem ripping on where I'm from. But some people want to cape up and be like, hey, man.
0: Yeah, you know, I I think one of the things is you've been there your whole life. You're used to it. You feel some sense of pride. Probably your family's there. I'll tell you one thing uh, about living in, in Washington, and you're in the same situation I am, and your family lives here, is holiday schlepping. I remember making a trip back from Baltimore to Queens, New York, eh, on Sunday night of Thanksgiving weekend. It should take about three and a half hours. It took about six and a half hours. Bumper to bumper up the New Jersey turnpike. You eliminate that when, you, when you're already there. That you're, is, you're having that dinner, is true. You know, with your family.
1: Yeah. That is true. Yeah. But when it comes to places that I think I would like to live or I'm pretty confident, I listed the following. First of all, I do love Milwaukee, and that's why I'm doing this new show there, and I could see myself living there when my life situation turns uh, a a corner, so to speak, as the kids leave the house. I think I would seriously enjoy Pittsburgh, of all places, Mm -hmm. Nashville, for sure. Charlotte, I'd go back to in a heartbeat. I lived there once before, and I'd do it again. I think I'd like Tampa. Of course, I want to live in Phoenix or Tucson, somewhere in Arizona. I'd love to live in some places in Southern California, but my God, it's too expensive. Uh, and Northern California, you can have it. I think Portland and Seattle, pfft, too fucking rainy, no mm. way. Minneapolis, too fucking cold. Um, what else? Detroit. Anywhere else in Michigan? Eh, Rust Belt, yeah. Ohio, Cleveland, oh, yeah. Indianapolis. I get. I got a lot of friends from Indianapolis, and they love Indy. And I think that's. Oh, I great. loved Indy. You do. Oh, okay. w- when
0: we were there for the Super Bowl, I thought it was spectacular. Could you live? There? I mean, you could.
1: Could you live there? Uh,
0: I don't. I, yeah, I'm sure I could. See, an, another thing about all this is, how much money do you have? If you have an amount of money where you could live in the best house or the best neighborhood, a lot of this is moot. Well, you know, you, you, you live where you, 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 would be happy.
1: Let's consider money to be a factor, but not necessarily the only factor. So okay. we're not, we're not stupid rich. Cause if you're stupid rich, you just go buy a house in Laguna Niguel and call it a day.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I, the, the townhouse that I live in, in Germantown, Maryland, the amount of money I spent on it. Do you know what kind of house I could buy in San Antonio for that? And I like San Antonio. But would you like want there. But
1: you, would you want that much house?
0: Well, I could get a great <laughs> apartment or whatever it is. I mean, the, the buying power that you have right. on top of no state income tax in Texas. Right. It's phenomenal. But if you work in radio in San Antonio, you don't make much
1: money. True, but we're at the stage of our life where we're kind of looking at retirement.
0: Yeah, uh, that's true, too. And because of family and because of family investments and things like that, I'm not leaving. But uh, if you entertain ideas of where you want to live, I like living in San Antonio. I'm totally with you on Houston. I don't think I could live there. And Houston and San Antonio are, you know, relatively close together. And, it's I, have, just...
1: and I have friends in Houston, too. No offense. Yeah. I tell them, I go, I don't know how you fucking do it. But by the way, Houston, those Houstonians get their backup quick. You better not run oh, yeah. down there, sitting there like, fuck well, you, um, man.
0: Texas, Texas, they're, is, they're very, and, and they carry guns in their pickup trucks. So <laughs> it's a different mindset.
1: You know, it's funny. One of the guys on our golf trip this past week, Dave Edwards, he's from Oregon. He played semi-pro football. Get this, Andy. Semi-pro football at age 32 in wow. Arizona. Big dude. Wow. His body's kind of beat up because of it. And I'm like... Man, semi-pro ball. You must really love it. And He was like, "Yeah, it was kind of stupid, but I I do love it." Think about you know, that. Oh, you... I
0: did that. I broadcast that. You know, you did when I was. In, oh yeah, when I was in San Antonio, this was before the USFL, so this was 1980 to like 82, maybe 83 in there. And these were guys who were playing for basically 50 bucks a game, and we smashing by their
1: bodies to pieces. For $50 yeah, yeah, with, a game. Full-blown tackle-fucking football with grown-ass oh, adults. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Some of them had been, been in the NFL. Uh, many of them were hoping for another shot. I'll tell you, most of them were guys like they were 210-pound safeties or they were wide receivers who ran like a four six or a four seven. They're just a little slow, a little small, and every one of them had a story as to why they weren't in the NFL, and it usually involved right. some assistant coach who hated them.
1: Right, right. Uh, I think I could stand Dallas.
0: Dallas, okay. I was there for two years. Didn't particularly like it, but it's I could see raising a, a family lot. there.
1: It's changed a lot yeah. since then, though, right? You lived there what yeah. years?
0: I was there from 81 to 83. Yeah. Okay. So
1: I could definitely uh, live in Austin. Everyone raves about Austin.
0: Austin's great. Great town. Yeah.
1: But it's, you know, it's one of these things you got to, you got to feel good where you're at. And there's always a variety of reasons that come into it. So if I offended any of these cities that I say I could never fucking live there, don't worry. You too have your list. And I'm sure you would say, D.C., I could never live there. And I'd go, yeah, you're right. It blows. <laughs> yeah,
0: kidding. no, it's, it, it's not. It's, but I'll tell you something. Of the big cities, I've lived in New York. I've been to Boston. My son lived there for three years. This is a much more livable big city than those are. I haven't spent a lot of time in Philly, but I imagine Philly's pretty much the same thing. It's, it's, a, big, it's is, a
1: It's a more livable big city because downtown D.C. put a height restriction a long time ago on all buildings, so yeah. you don't have skyscrapers of people stacked on top of each other like cordwood like you do in New York City, right?
0: Yeah, that, that's part of it. And, and you can get downtown, and you can park for... You know, $15 for the day, not $25 an hour like in New York. So, yeah.
1: And there, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff to do. There's the museums, obviously. Yeah. There's the arts. There's the river. You get to the beach in a couple of hours. You get to the mountains in a couple of hours. Okay. I'll admit DC has some things going for it. But at some point in life, you got to say, oh, I'm ready for something else. The other point that yeah. this uh, emailer made to me, though, was about the Saints. And this is where my friend Matt conflated. Solly's opinions on my show with my opinions, because he was upset that you know Solly calls them cheaters. I told Matt, I go look. I came down like thunder on Goodell over Bounty Gate. I said that was one of the biggest overreactions ever, and it was proven when Tagliaboo came in as the arbitrator and flipped. Special master. Special master and flipped all the decisions, saying this is bullshit. You can't do this
0: on the players. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was the decisions on the coaches. Like Greg Williams had to sit out a year. Sean
1: well, uh, Greg got a Greg got essentially a, a show cause. He was out for more yeah. than that, and Sean Payton missed a year.
0: Yeah, but I think I think the decisions that were turned over to to uh, Tagliabue involved players, and he overturned those.
1: So here's what I said regarding the Saints to my friend. Uh, Matt down there, I said, look, as for the Saints, I used to really like them. In fact, when they won the Super Bowl by beating Peyton Manning, I was very happy. I loved that team. That was a fun team to watch, right? I said, I I still like Breeze, but Peyton has worn out on me. And I said, and this is a quote, the motherfucking bitching about that call has got to fucking stop. For the (laughs) love of God and for the love of sports, fucking drop it, New Orleans. You blew that game. You need to fucking eat it and own it and shut up. I'm tired of it. That's my official fucking stance on New Orleans and the Saints and Sean Payton. Drew Brees, I'm still okay with, but that call, Andy, I'm done with it.
0: All right, if 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 this were the Redskins and you and I are both old enough to remember when the Redskins used to be in that position, I know on the doorstep of the Super Bowl, would I would I be would, as
1: easy to drop it? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Okay. Let's it, it, say it might be hard. I would hope, Andy, I could have the intelligence and fortitude to rise above.
0: Yeah, okay, but let's let's <laughs> say that instead of Daryl Green knocking the ball away from Darren Nelson at the goal line, They, called
1: P. they called I, pass
0: interference first and goal on green at the one. Minnesota punches it in, Minnesota goes to the Super Bowl, and as as we look at the Lombardies, which would be two instead of three, you'd say, Yep, should have been three.
1: Okay, but let's say it's Darren Nelson gets a P.I. draw, a call, and then the Vikings tie the game, and we go to overtime, and the Redskins get the ball first, and Theisman throws a bullshit interception that's a balloon ball. Yeah. Then then I hope I would say, you know what? We fucking blew it. We fucking blew it. Uh, like, it, the call sucked, I grant you that, but yeah. we blew it. I just think that the, the Saints and their fans have over-leveraged this to the point where... They're pissing me off. Okay. That said, we can clear the air. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Bart Starr passed away this week. And yep. I know you're a lover of vintage, classic things in sports and certainly in the NFL. What were your thoughts on Bart Starr's passing?
0: I met him a couple of times. He could not have been a nicer guy. And I'll tell you, one of the things I did he was being interviewed in the studio with Spencer Ross at WFAN. So we're going back over 30 years here. And I was the update guy. And at the end of the update, I said more with a living legend and Bart Starr coming up next. Meaning, you know, Spencer Ross was a living legend. Making a little joke there, and and Bart, you know, Spencer gave me this look like, you know, Don't what be are a you jackass. doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Bart, Bart says to me during the break. He says, "Yeah, Spencer really is well accomplished. He's done a lot of different things." <laughs> I'm like,
1: oh, no God. way.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So he yeah. didn't even he didn't even shoot you a glare like, look here, Captain Chuckles. You better yeah, you better exactly. show me yeah. some respect.
0: Yeah, you, you you punk. You know, he he said he thought I was really meanian about Spencer, and I thought. But everybody I know who dealt with him said he was just as, as gracious as can be. Had incredible tragedy in his life, going back to when his brother. And this is a really bizarre thing. He said he was playing catch in the front yard with his brother, who was considered to be a better athlete by his father. His father was apparently a military hard ass and yeah. expected both his sons to be big time football players, especially the younger one who we thought had more talent. And the brother cut his foot on a bone that had been buried by a dog. He got tetanus and he died. He died a few days later. And the the father let Bart know, maybe not in so many words, but let him know that the wrong son died (laughs) and didn't think that Bart would, would amount to anything. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and out and of
1: that, you know, you would have thought that that might have hardened a guy and turned him into a giant asshole, even if he was a good football player. Instead, it did the opposite. It turned yeah. Bart Starr into the single most gracious, tight, Titanic, iconic athlete ever. Like yeah. ridiculously now, here, here- so.
0: Here's the other thing that happens. He goes to Alabama. He has a good sophomore year, gets hurt as a junior, and as a senior, they stink, and he splits time with somebody else, and in those days, they don't really throw the ball very much. He gets drafted by the Packers in the 17th round.
1: two hundred overall.
0: Yeah. Tom Brady was 199 overall. Bart Starr was 200. And he's in, you know, everybody also thinks, oh, Lombardi and Starr came in together, and they just started winning championships. Well, Starr was there for three years. He'd been on the team for three years and didn't play. And it's weird, like, to think in those days that you would have a guy on the roster for three years who doesn't emerge in much playing time, but that's kind of the way quarterbacks were developed then. And Lombardi sees him, and, you know, nobody thinks anything of him because he's been around for three years, hasn't played. And uh, he finds something in him that he likes. And because of the father and the military discipline and the precision that he had, and it fit so well with Lombardi's offense, it was kind of a match made in heaven. If Lombardi doesn't come along, maybe Bart Starr doesn't have a career.
1: Wow, yeah. And uh, the ice bowl with the play that is iconic. I was talking the other day about how the shot of Lombardi jogging off the field during the timeout to go talk to Lombardi from over the left shoulder... Of Vince himself, captured by the great Sable family of NFL films, it has to be one of the most iconic shots in NFL history.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And and Lombardi, see, this is the other thing that's different about those days. Bart Starr was the offensive coordinator. He called Lombardi plays. Lombardi wasn't calling plays. Right. Yeah. He, there's no headset on him. There's a fedora.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A fedora. And he came over to talk to Lombardi about, okay, what are we going to do? Because Donnie yeah. Anderson, their, their halfback, had run it on first and second down. He swears, and I interviewed him this week, he swears he got in on first down. Right. That there are no photographs replay. showing his body over the line, but no replay back then. Oh, yeah. Well, boy, if, if, if they, if they, if <laughs> they if still be looking doesn't at get it. in... <laughs> <I know. laughs> So People so, like you are going on Milwaukee radio saying,
0: see, if they would have had replay, justice would have been served. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and then on third down, I guess they were talking about it like, all right, what are we going to do? Because you know, we, we didn't do shit on downs one and two. We got to keep fourth down dry to kick a field goal to tie the game. And that's where they suggested, you know, star sneaking it. And Lombardi apparently said, all right, go run it and let's get the hell out of here.
0: See, I've heard a different version of that. The other version is is that they're calling a running play, and Starr calls a running play in the huddle. And but I also read in it. one of the obits that that they had they did not have a quarterback sneak in the playbook. That's
1: true as and,
0: well.
1: Yes, and, I've heard
0: and, that. And Jerry Kramer has also talked about this. One of the great, one of the first sports books I ever read it was called Instant Replay. Jerry Kramer and Dick Shap. It's a great book. And uh, Kramer said as he lined up. He was able to get his right foot into like a chunk to get a little bit of leverage because the field was ice. It was yeah. it was an icy field. Yes. And and he got enough leverage so that he was able to push Jethro Pugh far back enough and Starr was able to go in behind him for the touchdown. Yeah.
1: Will we ever produce another Bart Starr type athlete?
0: Um what do you mean? I mean
1: A guy you know, with mean? exceptional grace and stature. An ability, a guy who is so above the fray, you say to yourself, "This guy can't be real."
0: Yeah, a real mensch. Well, I mean, maybe if if Tebow be, would have become good, you know what? You <laughs> won't.
1: You know what? Tebow, I think, is the closest comparison that I can think of. That's pretty good. The only thing lacking is that pro level talent. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Star, Star was a great, and he was considered uh, a quarterback not quite at the level of Johnny Unitas, but just below him. And, you know, certainly Hall of Fame worthy. But when Lombardi came to Washington for his one year and he watched Sonny Jurgensen in training camp, he said to one of his assistants, he said, you know, if we'd had Sonny in Green Bay, the NFL would have declared us a monopoly.
1: (laughs) Right. Because it was was that unfair, basically.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, was that
1: good. All right, let's talk some Redskins, shall we? Uh, There was a big anniversary that occurred. On May 25th and I don't I didn't hear much talk about it maybe because it happened over the Memorial Day weekend maybe you and Lovey talked about it on your weekend yep. show the 20th anniversary of Dan Snyder officially taking control of the Washington Redskins
0: yeah yeah I and, and I here's here's something that I remember very well from that day we had a reporter in Atlanta, his name was Rich Cook. I don't know whatever became of him. but This he, he was at the
1: old him. radio station, The Team, AM570 yes. at the time. Let's see, 99,
0: 1999. No, we, were, 99. We, we were 980 by then. Were, we were, okay. Turned 980, but we had him in Atlanta, and he had, I guess whatever technology of cell phone there was, flip phone, (laughs) which as you remember in those days, particularly not incredibly reliable.
1: And not cheap um, either. Every minute was like $2.
0: Yeah. So the, the deal was that he was standing outside the room where the owners were meeting. And when Snyder emerged, his job was to put a cell phone in Snyder's hand. And I was waiting to record on the other end. And sure enough, Snyder, you know, pops out of the meeting and this is, you know, before he really understood anything about the relationship with the press. I mean, he'd done a few interviews leading up to ownership, but, you know, his, his hatred of the press didn't come until <laughs> later. And, uh, so he, he did an interview and, uh, you know, he talked about, you know, that he was, he was excited and all the regular things. And I did ask him about the name then because the name thing was in the news. That really? there was the Oh yeah. That there was a, uh, this is started in 1992. And basically, the people who were supporting a name change were told, well, the statute of limitations has passed. Uh, The name became trademarked in 1967, and you're here, it's 1992, and you'd like to change the trademark. You kind of missed your opportunity. And then it was argued, well, the people who were protesting the name weren't born in 1967, and therefore would not have been able to protest when the name became trademarked. So then it was another round of appeals, and it was at the point where we said, okay, if, if in fact this is upheld by the Supreme Court, then you or I could open up a T-shirt stand on the corner and sell redskin pennants and hats and shirts and not pay any licensing money to the NFL. And so I asked him about that, and he asked about the name, and, and again, nobody knew much about him, 34-year-old Jewish guy. And the feeling was, well, maybe he's he has a different idea about the name. Maybe he's more forward-thinking. Maybe he thinks it's a good idea to change it. He said, I won't change the name. And then I said, well, even if it's upheld by the Supreme Court, that you would lose the trademark rights. And he really didn't have any idea what I was talking about. It was
1: pretty clear. But um... <laughs> You were way ahead of the game on him on that. The thing is, he ended up winning those challenges in court. Yep. So he won those decisively. And then on top of that, ain't nobody selling knockoff fucking shit now or legitimate shit nobody wants redskin shit right yeah. now so there's That's not right. a lot of there's not a lot of juice in that orange financially <laughs> you yeah. know and besides you and I have seen at RFK and FedEx Field you see guys that are selling water bottles on the way into the stadium and they've got redskin hats and you kind of look at them you're like hey this logo looks <laughs> a little bit off and you know for a fact it's not officially licensed gear. So anyway, well, nope, nope, back on yeah. the Snyder front, did you guys talk about it? Did you do any sort of Yeah, I mean we we had talked about it and I
0: in fact I had uh I had talked about like a month earlier, uh a number of the NFL owners were firmly behind Snyder. They liked him yeah. very much. Uh and and they young thought young dynamo, you
1: know, new blood. Yeah and, yeah,
0: and 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 they thought they talked about how humble he was. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Oh boy.
1: What a sell job that was he gave him. So wait, so did did anyone else did any other shows at your station go into a deep dive, okay, 20th anniversary sound bites, interviews, where are we 20 years later?
0: No, not not really. Interesting. Um
1: but, I, know, but I know I know we I, didn't. I feel like I have missed the boat in not hustling up some sort of special show like that.
0: Yeah. Don't yeah, you, think well, it's, you know, don't I you mean, think
1: it's timely and appropriate to do a show like that?
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess you could. I mean, you, 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 there's there's so much of, of the same over and over. For example, John Keim did a podcast uh, the other day with um, what's his name from ESPN, his uh, co-
1: Lewis colleague Louis Riddick.
0: Louis Riddick, yeah, who. Uh, who's gave him the old Dan has changed story. How many Dan has changed stories have we heard or read about in the last 20 years? I'd say an average of one every two years, right?
1: Yeah. There's been quite a few. I think he has certainly grown. I don't know though, if he's very good as an owner still, I don't like that. He employs nostalgia plays, in both Bruce Allen and Doug Williams. I think there are sharper, more forward-thinking, more dynamic personnel people than both those men. Right. And so I kind of yearn for the day in which Dan Snyder, if he's still the owner, employs a Brian Gutekunst as GM and somebody else as whoever, director of scouting, that we've never heard of. They have no redskin ties, Andy. They are no legacies. They are no scions. They are just guys trying to win.
0: Well, they had that. Scott McLuhan. It
1: lasted two years. They had it with the Dark Lord Bruce Allen over him. And Bruce Allen whacked him because?
0: Because he was getting too much credit. Exactly. So Um, don't you think anybody else that would come in would be subject to the same thing?
1: Well, no, because at some point, Andy, Bruce will retire and Doug will retire. Well, then who's next? Then is I, LeVar I, what, Arrington going to be our new GM? Who, who is Danny going to bring in? From? I don't know, but I they mean, they will. We're, we're all getting older, Andy. At some point, you're going to want to go to Boca and just chill out. Like at but, some point, I guess, but, I guess my point is Snyder has mashed the button on every Redskin nostalgia play he can. Right. At every right, no. turn, bringing back Gibbs, nostalgia play. Same thing with Bruce Allen, nostalgia play. Doug is the same way. Even in his media ventures, you know, he starts the radio empire and gives Riggins a million dollar contract after Riggins called him a. He had a dark heart. Well, what a change. No, of heart I was that actually was after fired him. Oh, was okay. I was after
0: he fired him from the million dollar contract. You don't call him a dark heart before the million dollar
1: contract. Okay. Yeah. Either way, like, these are all just, hey, remember when the Redskins used to be good, everybody?
0: I know. Yeah, it's it's now now the what they've got to sell and and every day, I mean here it is, still may, every day another story about how great Dwayne Haskins looks in OTAs. So by the time the season starts, that's what they're going to be selling.
1: It's unbelievable. I was saying to somebody I was saying, "Do you know how weak this team is? This roster is?" "No, man, what are you talking about?" And I said, This roster, when you take Adrian Peterson, who's 106 years old, off to the side, which I think is a fair thing to do, this team, Mm -hmm. Andy, does not have a single 3,000-yard passer on it, does not have a single 1,000-yard receiver on it, or a single 1,000-yard runner on it. Unless Unless, unless Darius Geis is that good. Unless he's good. That's my point. This is a whole team of never done it yet. That we're all or or hoping, did it,
0: and, and, and can they do it again, like Adrian Peterson?
1: We, we know Adrian Peterson's done. Probably. I know we thought he was yeah. done last year. He's going to be like Frank Gore. He's going to steadily decline, still be rather amazingly productive for his age, but not yeah. exactly a game-changer. And then on defense, yeah. you show me where the scaries are on defense. Right. I mean, they've had they don't exist. they've had a
0: guy... With double-digit sacks every year in Ryan Kerrigan. Kerrigan,
1: Doesn't scare anybody.
0: Right, right. I mean, compared to Khalil Mack, he's me. (laughs) He's just a guy.
1: Right. It's weird. And look, I I like Kerrigan. He's been a fantastic first-round pick, a mid-round guy they traded down to get. But he his his sacks seem to carry little impact. They don't seem to warp the field like the truly right. elite terrorizing pass rushers like Khalil Mack or J.J. Watt or Demarcus Lawrence tend to do. Yeah. It's almost like yeah. you look up and you go, oh, he's got 11 sacks again this year. That's that's impressive.
0: Yeah. you know, On third and seven, you say, oh, look out. Terrigan's coming.
1: Right. No. So, in other words, actually, hold on. Let me amend this. I think I made a mistake there, Andy. I believe uh, the great former Minnesota Viking, Case Keenum, has a 3,000-yard season. In fact, I'm sure okay. he did with Minnesota. So there we go. So we got a former journeyman quarterback with one 3,000-yard season, a 96-year-old running back, in Adrian Peterson who's had some big seasons. Otherwise, this is a weak-ass team.
0: And 3,000-yard seasons aren't that great.
1: No, they're not. No, they're not. They, they could be better. Okay, uh, Hard Knocks. Did we talk about this already?
0: No. It's, uh, would you expect them to be on Hard Knocks?
1: They're apparently the favorite, and apparently the decision is coming down soon. Yeah, I'm um, a, I'm all for it.
0: I'm all for it too. I don't think I think Jay would eat it up, and I think that there may be some problems in the front office with that. I don't think Snyder or Allen will make themselves available at all. I don't think they'll, they'll, they'll be around the cameras one bit. Huh. Um, so, you know, you'll have an interesting story. And then, you know, good old Alex Smith dragging his leg along. That'll be a nice little sympathetic sidebar story oh to God. it. And, <laughs> and, you know, Adrian Peterson, uh, you know, the old war horse. But I, I don't, I, you know, I, I think the juicy stuff that you got from Jerry, you're not going to get here.
1: I don't remember. I didn't watch a lot of Hard Knocks. Were owners of all the teams that were on it on the show at some Mike point? Mike
0: Brown, a lot of him with the Bengals. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. I didn't see. The, they did the Browns last year, and the the fat assistant coach stole the show. He was hysterical. Yes. <laughs> the offensive line coach. Um uh, but uh, but I I didn't see the ownership there. But but Jerry, when they had the Cowboys, was spectacular.
1: Wow. it was great. I love this show. It shows me in a great light. Why wouldn't I want to be on Hard Knocks? We're begging the lead. Come on, show the Cowboys. Well, maybe yeah. the Redskins, and, and, and I'm pretty sure the Redskins are lean and hard, like don't pick us, right? They don't want oh, yeah. to be on there. But they, they don't have a choice. They're one of five teams. They can't say no. I wonder if teams, and you said you don't think Snyder or Allen will cooperate. I wonder if teams could say that to the league and say, just let it be known. We're not sitting down. We don't have to sit down. You're going to have a boring-ass show if you come and put your cameras at Redskin Park.
0: Well, what they do is and, and they'll they, they always latch on to some guy who's like a question mark to make the team it's become pretty much a formula now right. you know like last year they had Baker Mayfield sure. okay you knew he was going to be a star and and uh, you know you had uh, some some guy from Stanford who had been cut by several teams and he was a pretty compelling character and his father was kind of a character so they had that story they'll find those kind of stories but the big juicy ones that the Redskin fans want to see they want to see Snyder it is worse behind the scenes. I don't think that's going to happen. God,
1: but what if they do catch a scene like that? What if they catch a scene of Snyder just chewing someone's ass?
0: I, I don't think. I think there's there's some say that the teams have. I don't think. I don't think they have unlicensed.
1: I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it would ever happen. I'm just dreaming the dream of what if we got something like that?
0: Yeah. But uh, well, the key would be to find the the footage that doesn't make the air of that. And if you could get a hold of that, right. that would be great. Right. But they, right. they have say.
1: I think what they'll uh, they'll focus on is like B.J. Blunt is struggling to make the team at weak right. side linebacker. He's got plenty of competition, but the coaches yeah. like Blunt's attitude, and he's been showing out in practice. Right.
0: Yeah, well, like Jay, Jay made a, a name for himself when he was an assistant with the Bengals. They got a lot of video of him.
1: Oh, Remember that? really? Yeah. yeah, I did oh, not yeah. watch that. I, I gotta, I gotta, maybe I gotta go back and watch old Hard Knocks during the summer, mm. just to kill mm. the summertime mm. vibe. NBA Finals, uh, who do you like?
0: Oh, I like the Warriors. I, I can't, although you know Toronto shocked me. I think we we talked about yeah. this. I, I cannot believe the way they turned that series around, um, but. Onto Tatum, they they figured him out a little bit. This this guy Nick Nurse, very understated fellow with mm-hmm. the uh, Raptors, yeah, seems to know what he's doing. I yeah. I'm uh, I'm very impressed and makes adjustments. But I think I think with or without KD, Golden State is
1: too good. They they are too good. I think that uh, my prediction is Warriors in four straight ass sweep. That four, yeah, basically well, Toronto. They're good, but they're really not that good. That they. They got a four bounce leaner to get past the Sixers. Uh, and then yep. they were they were one, they were two overtimes the wrong way from going down 0-3 to the Bucks. True. And nobody's ever come yeah. back from that. So I just don't think they're that good. I'm not anti Toronto. I'm anti-Drake. I do like Kawhi. He's pretty badass. But I think when uh when the Warriors really want to lean in and do it, they will. And because they're yeah. the under because they're the lower seed not the underdog. They're the betting favorite. They start on the road. So they've got two games there and then two games at home. I think they're going to not want to fuck around. I think it's going to be let's get the summertime going kind of thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: We'll I mean, Toronto's we'll a see. tough place to play. That's not not an easy home court, it looks like. Right.
1: And uh, one last thing I had for you. What was it on my list here? Um, I think that's it. Mm. Okay. I think that's it. Right. Anything else that is tickling your uh, to do list?
0: Uh, just the uh, I, I, I did want to mention the uh, the Magic Johnson uh, oh, story oh. that was in.
1: That's that's on my list. I am pointing at it right on my computer screen. <laughs> what, yep. what did you make? Forget the story itself. What did you make of uh, ESPN's impromptu town hall rehab special with Magic <laughs> Stephen A. Mayor Wilbon? <laughs> And nobody on set, Andy, to reiterate some of the reporting that was done about, yeah, Magic was really not there a lot, and when he was there, he was a real asshole.
0: Well, I, I watched that. I watched, It was a 7 o'clock show. It was NBA special. And, yes, it was uh, – now, Will Bond has has been somewhat transparent on this. He says he's known Magic since they were in college – and he likes Magic, they're friends, so he can't, he can't be completely objective <laughs> so on it. So why put him uh, on
1: the set?
0: Well, because uh, they got Magic to show up, which was good. Right. And then Stephen A., come on, I mean, please. <laughs> that, that is r- ridiculous. So it's Stephen A. leading the show, and it's Will Bond to his left and Magic to his right. Now, they air the Shelley Smith piece, which had run on Sports Center. Where they recap the highlights of it, I love the part about Rob Polinka saying <laughs> that
1: uh, Heath Ledger, <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that, that Kobe had had this meeting with uh, Hayden. Uh, Heath, what's his no, name? No, Heath,
1: Heath Ledger.
0: Heath Ledger. Yeah, who, Heath Ledger. Was dead. Who've who, who been dead? Yeah, that's that's always a great one. But uh, they, they went through all of that, and and then the big rebuttal from Magic, and of course they gave Magic the floor on it. His big thing was to say, and he kept saying this over and over and over again, that he'd never been called into HR. It was two things on that. I mean, (laughs) do do you think Harvey Weinstein was ever called in on HR and the company he ran? No. And two, what was reported wasn't sexual harassment. So usually when you're called into HR – it's, it's because of that. If you're tough on your employees and you cause one of them to have a nervous breakdown or whatever happened to her, that doesn't usually get you into HR. So yeah. what he was, what he was pushing was something that, that I don't think was as relevant to the story as he made it out to be. And look, he does come, he's got a great smile. He's got an incredible reputation. Uh, he's done great things on and off the court for all of his life. But His his rebuttal to the story I
1: thought was pretty weak. Yeah, I I take the uh, the workplace stuff at the least value because people are vindictive and they love to throw bombs after shit has happened. So I think this is a good opportunity with an ESPN reporter sniffing around. He go, well, Magic was mean to me, whatever. But also, Mm -hmm. if this woman who alleged to have had a nervous breakdown or panic attacks because oh, I got to go in the office, Magic is there. Hey man, I've seen employ- I've, I've worked with fellow employees that got near panic attacks because they were worried they had filled out their expense reports wrong. So right. I can't account for if people get scurred and nervous in a big time situation like pro sports working for the LA, working for the LA Lakers. And so if Magic Johnson didn't do anything boldly inappropriate or sexually, you know, misconduct wise, then toughen up, Buttercup. This is the big leagues. You go work at Kinko's. Yeah. Gonna be nice and comfortable yeah. there.
0: No, yeah, no, and 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 look, and I can see. Look, there are two magics. Of course, anybody who's running a big corporation can't be all smiles and handshakes all the time. That's the sure. public image. I un- understood that, but I, I I do think that that he was part of the problem there in that and I blame Jeannie Buss for this more so than Magic, she hires two guys who've never done this before. Right. And they go off and do their own thing. And Palinka, he was a ride-along on the Fab Five. He played with those guys at Michigan. Yep. And then he became an agent. He was Kobe's agent. Yeah. And so he doesn't think like a general manager. And Magic is is a guy who's who's lived his life as Magic. Wherever he goes, there's a big band following behind him, and people are throwing <laughs> rose petals at his feet. He, he's not a guy who's, who's done this kind of work before. And so you turn it over to them, and you expect them to do a, a job that professionals are able to handle? No. They're, yeah. the, you know, you get what you pay
1: for. And Magic said, I should have hired my own people. Yeah, yeah. you should have. And because right? at the end of the day, no matter how much Magic spins it, and there's finger-pointing and everything else, bottom line is, you... Failed. You took yeah. a job. You accepted a challenge. And two years later, the Lakers are materially no better than they were when you took over. They had missed the playoffs four straight years before you came. They missed two more straight. Yes, they have LeBron James, but guess what? That shit's going to blow up, and it's going to yeah. blow up well, soon. I've already planted my stake in the ground. Mid-season this coming year, Andy, LeBron demands a trade. Mark, my Oh, no reach. question.
0: yeah. Yeah, well, Rich Paul has already planted the seeds. I mean, Rich Paul flying on the team flight and then going. Look at the go to the commissioner. You, you go to the commissioner and say, yeah, we got to get this coach out of here. My <laughs> God. <laughs> and so so there's that. But, you know, magic that would, that would be That
1: would be like going to the Pope, Andy, and asking him to murder somebody. <laughs> like, I'm the Pope. I don't do that. What the fuck's wrong with you? I'm the commissioner. I'm not hiring and firing coaches. Why are you asking yeah, I, me? And you're
0: an agent. You're, you're an agent for a player. You know, go, go, go try and get some perks in your contract. Go, go get him another deal with Nike. You know, get, get out of my office. The the, the thing, though, that the Magic did... Initially, that he thought he was going to continue to do, he comes in as the GM. He says, "We're going to get top-notch free agents." He gets LeBron, and he thinks, "Boom, it's that easy. So I'll just get whoever I want. Yeah. He can send out tweets, and and uh, and then he goes, you know, basically, uh, I'd like to have Anthony Davis. He doesn't get Anthony Davis. What do you mean I don't have Anthony Davis? I'm Magic Johnson. I can have Anthony Davis. No, we didn't yeah. like the deal you offered.
1: Yeah, and they basically <laughs> thought that okay, you know, the Pelicans going to roll over. They're going to give us Anthony Davis. And then we got something going on, which they might have, although I think they still needed more depth. But sure. they thought that was their plan. That plan blew up in their face. And then things got hard. And next thing you know, LeBron is off doing three-point contests with you know kids, not wanting to be anywhere within 10 nautical miles of this bullshit. And Magic Johnson is going on ESPN repeatedly to f- point further fingers and to try to save his own reputation, all of which doesn't help right before potential free agents like the 4Ks, Kevin, Kawhi, Clay, and Kyrie, consider yep. do I want to go jump into that hot mess? Not, yeah. Not yeah. good. Not good.
0: No. I think they got to fire Palenka, I think, because because Magic's already poisoned him. So I think you got to get him out of there before right, the free agency opens. Who are we gonna get? Well, then you just you know, I mean, you, you've got you've got to retread coach, right? And get yourself you know hire Danny Ferry, hire hire somebody who's been a GM before. Wait, they're
1: gonna, wait they're gonna steal our GM. <laughs> the Wizards <laughs> will be lined up to hire some guy, and then Palinka gets whacked, and the Lakers go, oh, hold on a second, we'll take you."
0: Yeah, and he said, "Oh, Lakers, Wizards?
1: Yeah, I think I'll be going west." Exactly. All right, Andy. Good to talk to you as always, uh, and we will check in next week. Very good, Zach. All right, thanks, brother. All right, see ya. See ya. Everyone
0: loves shopping online. Well, I'm going to tell you what I tell my golf buddies when they buy clubs: stop searching for coupon codes. Download Capital One Shopping to your computer. Capital One Shopping instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. Plus, it's free, and you don't even need a Capital One card to use it. That's like hitting a hole in one without even trying. Capital One Shopping. It's kind of genius. What's in your wallet?
1: Savings and available coupons vary.